Well, That's cool. the new cool network that we're protocol. doing a podcast on Resident Evil, right, guys? Yeah. 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 Resident Evil. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, what do you guys think? Uh, what do you guys think is uh, my take on this game? I think you didn't like it. What do you think, Gorn? I think you liked it, but uh, you didn't like it as much as you wanted to. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. You hated it. No, you uh, hated it. it was uh, he probably hated it. I'm, I'm going to talk about it in the podcast. Like, I'm, I'm just curious what you guys think. I thought think. we were on the podcast. Uh, this is not a podcast. We are, are we on the podcast? Kevin, what's going on? What are we doing today? What are we doing? We're talking about Resident Evil. We're all here to see if you hated the game or not. Yeah. It, did, Aaron did Aaron hate, hate Resident, Resident Evil. Evil Village yeah. is the prompt. He did. Uh, I kind of did. I knew uh, you. Oh, not gonna lie. There was no I question. Oh. Like this you, game. you know how I know? Here's how I know. He called me four times saying, is the game over yet? 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 And I said, no, you're only halfway. I kept telling you he was halfway every single time. That, that's how you're Even fucking when he me. was like at the end, I told him he was halfway. That's how, that's how it was like with The Last of Us Part 2. But that game, honestly, justifiably, like I understand it yeah. more. That's but a long game. That's oh. a long game and it teases but you. I liked that game. Sure. But, but uh, that, uh, Village is like, Village is, you know, 10 hours. Like, okay, short. I didn't hate Village, but like, uh, I don't want to make this about me. So I'll just get this out of the way, and then you guys can talk about it because I think I think there are good things to talk about this game. I don't like set piece games, and I don't like action heavy Resident. Yeah, you like the last of this Us game. Two. No, Resident <laughs> Evil games, um, and I don't really love the set pieces in The Last of Us Part Two. Is like that's that you know, listen to that podcast. I'm saying the parts that I like the most were not the set piece parts, uh, but this game heavy in the set pieces. Um and heavy like did is there ever been a Resident Evil game with this much story? What do you mean? Seven. There's a lot of narrative. Seven, yeah. I haven't played seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What was your expectation going into this game? What did you think it was going to be? And did I didn't it meet have those? a lot of expectations? Okay. Other than I know that people really liked it. Like I know that I'm an outlier, so I, I don't want to say that this is a bad game. I think this is just not an errand game. Is really what it is. Because uh, no, my I, expectation um, was RE7. So and I didn't love RE7. I didn't hate it, but I had my expectations were lowered. So for me, it yeah. was like a yeah kind of experience. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think this is great that Aaron didn't like it because I think it would be boring if we all loved it. So I appreciate mm. what you bring to the table, Aaron. Um, <laughs> uh, Kevin, what did you think of it? Um, I really liked it. Um, I w- I didn't love it in the castle um, with Lady Dimitri. I think that was like probably my weakest part of the game. It just didn't feel like that exciting or scary. But once I got past that part, the world kind of opens up a little bit, and it just seemed more fun. Um, I think uh, it felt more scary than RE7, which I didn't find to be that scary. But I seemed to be... Most people I noticed that that was like their scariest Resident Evil game, so I'm not sure if... I missed something. Was I playing the same game? I don't know. Maybe I just different fears. I don't know. I, I didn't feel like RE7 was that creepy, but this game I felt like was. 
Yeah. So, so, uh, for, for me personally, like, uh, I got, I've, I have some time away from Resident Evil Village. Like I've had time to sit and think about it. And, uh, I, th- I'm pretty confident when I say that it's, it's one of my favorites now. Um, I re- I just really loved it. I played through it four times and, uh, I agree with you, Kevin. I think Resident Evil seven is a great game. I, I only played through it once though. And I think the reason why I played played through it once is because i didn't think the gameplay ultimately was that great i thought like it wasn't yeah you're fighting just the same molded blob monsters the whole time and there's not as much going for it um i mean it's a great story like i think thematically it's a lot more uh coherent than village but uh but yeah seven i actually didn't think seven was that scary it was more body horror it was more gross which is fine resident evil village there's like one particular sequence that we're going to talk about that was probably, in my opinion, the scariest, most upsetting sequence I've ever experienced in a game. But we'll we'll talk about that later. But that's where I'm at with the village. I, it's worth saying that this is full spoilers. Full spoilers. We all played through all full the game. You, every everything will be talked about. This is a so long if, jump. That's, uh, what, that's what they always buyer are. beware. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I just wanted to comment on the on the the gameplay because I I totally agree with you. I. Felt like seven, they really reduced the mechanics and gameplay depth of it very much. So I know what they were. I know why they really wanted to bring it back to the roots, but it just didn't. I don't know. It wasn't as good for that game. I think it was. I mean, I think it worked for that game, but like I wanted something more. So my hope with this game was that it was going to be like an RE seven style game with more more mechanics. So it's basically it met that expectation and hope. Um, and I also really like that they brought back the uh, inventory management from RE four. I mean, they brought back a lot yeah. from RE four. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was really surprised that, like, this is just my opinion, but I thought it really deftly uh, brought back the RE4 mechanics in a way that didn't make it feel like RE4 again. Like, they brought back the little diamonds that you shoot that are embedded in the ceilings so yep. they drop, and they brought back the inventory, they brought back the ov- the merchant, the overall atmosphere, but it still felt like a traditional RE game for the most part for me, which yeah. uh, was a huge success But um, for me personally, but... Um, I really like that too. Yeah, it, the combat's much more fun too, much more satisfying, oh, yeah. much more weighty than seven. Hmm. It felt because I guess everything from RE four on, it always I always kind of had the expectation that the combat would be somewhat have some fun mechanics, but seven, like I said, didn't. But this game, they brought that back, so I'm really glad. It just felt like the right direction. And I also want to say, and Oren mentioned this before, that the story is so much more uh, ridiculous in this game in like the best way, which I really like because. Especially the, anything with Chris in this game, it's just like exactly oh what I want. Oh my god, I, you, Kevin! I was—you have no idea the grin on my face during the Call of Duty Chris Redfield segment. I was like <laughs> yeah. losing it. I was like, I cannot believe they're doing this. But, um, mm. but no, yeah, I was. Uh, I think uh, the thing about the story, and I was thinking about this morning as I was having my coffee, getting ready for the podcast. But um, this is like the first. You know how like the dad trope has been a thing like for the past seven or eight years? It's just been in everything like God of War, Last of Us, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is the first game that parodied that in a way that was really fun and really hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like like I, the whole time Ethan Winters was just kind of portrayed as this like trope, this like meta joke of like the dad who will go... Who, who will sacrifice his body. He'll go through these most ridiculous scenarios just to save his, his kid. And I thought that was really well parodied for the most part. It's true. And it didn't have any of that, the handholding mechanics that, that genre usually entails. So I like that right. too. That right. also, it did have some handholding though. 
When? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's when true. When his hand got cut off. <laughs> Literal <laughs> yeah. hand holding. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the body horror was well done, wasn't it? We all agree on that, right? Oh, yeah. I loved it. Especially yeah, yeah. on the first person hands. It's always like, ugh. Especially when he's hanging from the hooks and he falls through yeah. it, they rip through his hands. So gross. Oh, his, I loved dude, uh, the sexual uh, imagery of that scene. It was so ridiculous. Like, I don't know if you, we talked about this in an earlier podcast, I think. But, uh, but yeah, there's, like, a part when um, Lady Dimitrescu, like, sucks your hand. And, like, your hand is, like, a beige, like, veiny arm. And it looks just like a dick. <laughs> and I just, like, loved, I loved this subliminal <laughs> stuff. And, like, the part when, like, one of the daughters sniffs like your blood like it's like panties or something like uh, i i thought i really enjoyed that stuff it they was just very... definitely seemed like a nod to the fan base for the oh, for release sure. for the game which was pretty good yeah i dug it i wonder if they slipped i wonder if they made it more sexualized after the meme uh, i, I kind of wonder yeah i wonder hmm. how much i do wonder how much that impacted the game design because ultimately and i'm sure we all were surprised by this, she wasn't in the game that much lady Dumitres, like hardly at all like she's out like, like in the first act. It's like what? Yeah, <laughs> she was yeah, so much in the marketing. Yeah. It was weird. I was like, really? This the character's already dead. Yeah, I was <clears> kind <throat> of thrown off by that too. But I think it's because uh, the Capcom people probably just fell into that where they were like, she just uh, they just showed the first couple hours of the game at, at the outset, and then like you know she was trending everywhere, and I think they weren't even planning on her to trend. It just happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's still a really she's still a really great villain though. I really enjoy her, but she's not even my favorite villain in the game personally. Like, hmm. who's your favorite villain? Beneviento. Oh yeah, Beneviento. Mm. That's the best villain in the game, in my opinion. I thought the um, the way that that whole segment was so ambiguous to whether like what was real or not was very interesting because that's not usually the path of Resident Evil games. Usually things are pretty clear cut and reality you know but that part was all like well who knows what like was that baby real i don't, I don't know oh yeah that was it was kind of interesting because i was reading a lot of the lore like entries which is funny because the first time i played the game i was like i don't give a fuck about the story but like the second and third times i like started to pay a little bit more attention and apparently like her thing beneviento's thing is that she like emits like an like an aroma that makes people hallucinate. She's kind of like the scarecrow. Mm. Um, yeah. Hmm. But, uh, but no, yeah, it was like, uh, that segment, here's the thing about that segment. I, uh, I just finished like the castle, um, section. So I had this like, expectation that this game was just going to be an action game. And I was like excited for that. I was like, it was just going to be RE4 through and through. And then like when it slowly dawned on me going through that house that they were doing a PT level, I was just so upset. I like I there were so many moments during that sequence where I just wanted to turn off my Xbox. I couldn't take it. Um the, <laughs> I, well, I'll just say one more thing. Like horror subjective, like I understand that Resident Evil 7 scares people more because like some people are more put off by body horror. Like I get it. Mm. But uh for me, like anything to do with like screaming babies or puppets or like, you know, dolls. Or just like mm. surreal, like you know, shifting realities that scares the shit out of me. So that segment, like, was really hard to play through. One of my favorite parts of that segment is just how it 
build so slowly because there's so much not action and there's no music or anything. It's just silence. And you expl- it takes like a while to kind of explore that house. Because I, I checked everything before I went downstairs. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like it really, it's like, what's going to happen? It's been too long. It's been quiet for too long. What's going to happen here? So they, I felt like they built into that well, the tension. It was really, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think for me it was like that slow build and the, uh, um, I, I really loved how, I, I actually loved the puzzles in that segment. Like I was, uh, I, I thought like they were like challenging, but not challenging enough where I was like totally stuck. And, uh, and yeah, just the root. That was like, oh, go ahead. Yeah. That was like the most puzzle heavy part of the game. Uh, like just for people who are, we're talking about uh, what's the name of the boss again? B- B- Beneviento. It's the, it's the second, Beneviento. It's the second, second. biggest era. Right, yeah. and you get to that house, and that the house is kind of PT-ish, and you explore the house, and the house keeps unfolding, and you get deeper and deeper, and you're doing all these puzzles. Um, I thought the puzzles were pretty good. That that might have been like ultimately some of the better part of the game for me. And then you have this kind of like m- moment where you meet the baby. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's a hallucination, and it's a little bit like uh, amnesia or alien isolation, where you like have to sneak from it. Yeah, I didn't like the gameplay segment of the baby as much. Like I felt like visually the presentation was very well done, but the running and hiding is always something I dislike in horror games. Just I, like I said, I liked it amnesia, but I'm not always into it. But I still think like I still think that segment is, is well done. But I just the specific gameplay of having to run and hide is always like I just don't like the closet specifically. You have to go run and hide in a closet. It's always like oh man, this again. <laughs> Uh, I will say I will say there were like a couple of moments in that segment that I thought were really really great with the baby because uh like I love the like there's two parts that stand out um the first part is when you're like going through that one side of the motel or you know the basement with the kitchen and uh and then you like walk back and the baby just appears and you have to run back to the bedroom like during that segment was great because i was like i don't know what to do and then you get like the icon that says hide under the bed i thought that Mm. was really great and (laughs) and then the second one that i really loved was uh the final elevator scene when you're like come on elevator come on come on with the fuse the slowest elevator of all time I loved that. And it literally opens the moment like the baby rushes at you. And I thought that was really amazing. Like it kind of breaks the immersion a little bit on like second and third playthroughs because the baby literally doesn't start to rush you until the door opens. So it so uh, so like on the third playthrough, like I, I wasn't as terrified. But like that first playthrough was. <laughs> I, I think that the way they presented it was cool, too, because like when you come back, you just see the giant umbilical cord. and It's like, what the hell is this? and then when you move forward you just it's so dark it's hard to see in that area oh yeah and then you just see the screaming baby yeah the first time i saw it i thought it was like a scripted moment but then the baby started Mm -hmm. rushing me and i was like oh shit i gotta run for this thing (laughs) so my girlfriend's also afraid of like baby stuff so she was like terrified when i was playing that part she was watching me play the game and I was like, I wonder what happens when you die. And she was like, I don't want to know. She wouldn't like let me (laughs) have you died from the baby what happens uh, I actually never died from the baby, but I saw like Let's Play screen streamers die from it, and it literally just like devours you, like it like <laughs> shoves you into its giant gaping mouth, um, which is hilarious. But um, yeah, no, that sequence is super great. I, I, I love. Um, I also love how um, it thematically ties into the game, even though the game is like a parody and like kind of a horror comedy, and it's very campy. Like I thought it was still mm-hmm. awesome that they were able to explore Ethan Winter's fear of. His uh, his kid being like mutilated, 
through that section. I thought that was really, really well done. It, it reminded me of the best moments of the early Silent Hill games. For sure. I um, what did you think of the morale, the Maru section? Very resonant. Maru. Floor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he to me was totally Lisa Trevor from the original game. The girl who's like in the basement. Do you ever heard she can't ever kill right, her? Right. Right. And and uh, the Del Lago, of course. From oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That was very. That was a very fan servicey uh, set piece, in my opinion. Yes. Um, it definitely was. Yeah. No, hmm. I, I liked that segment a lot because I was like, I was so like rattled from Beneviento. Like that was so upsetting to me. Like, like it was just too much almost that uh when i got to the moreau segment um it was just like ah great an action scene i thank (laughs) you thank you game thank you i understand i really appreciate it but that's where i was at Hmm. Uh, i think on oh go ahead on, on both of those things i really felt like just generally this game got the tone of what I think Resident Evil is in that like it's campy but it's scary and gross all kind of together that's kind of what it always should be to me right um and RE7 like I think got that to a degree but I didn't feel like it was quite as campy it was a little more serious even though it still has some ridiculous moments in Resident Evil 7 this game I felt like just went more in that ridiculous kind of way with like the dialogue like everything Ethan Winters says is just totally hilarious all the time <laughs> like, mm. i forgot what he says like when the, on the final boss or something he's like i can't remember what he says it's like the funniest line my girlfriend and i both laughed out loud uh oh i think i know which part you're talking about like it was literally something to the extent of like the boss was like fighting you and being like uh like you are doomed D- ethan and then he goes like no you're doomed or something yeah. like, something <laughs> like dumb like that but... he has such terrible goofy <laughs> mm. lines <laughs> Yeah. which are yeah. delivered so exacerbated in the best way. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, my personal favorite Ethan Winters moments were, uh, like, was the part when, like, all of the villains are bickering over who should take Ethan Winters. And then he, like, just looks down and goes, like, I feel like I should have a say in this. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was really great. And, uh, and just, like, the part when you figure out what you have to do in that game, which is so fucked up. You have to, like, collect the body parts of your baby. And he, his response is, like, oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pick bad. up on, was that what that was supposed to be? Was it supposed to actually be yeah. Rose? I don't, yeah. I didn't understand. Yeah. Was she chopped up? Like, they never put that back and it didn't make sense it's very vague yes like what it's like the whole thing with the mold like you know how like ethan winter was when he gets his hand cut off he can easily like reattach it because he's made of mold. that's like the big spoiler well like his kid is also made of mold so like even though she's like separated she can reattach because that's just how that's just the the trope that uh, they came up with for this game i see i um Hmm. i really liked that by the way that was like one of the the coolest because that made re7 to me make much more sense right it's like what the fuck i always just thought like maybe the green herbs were just really they really heal people yeah it's like the the magic liquid it's the magic (laughs) liquid yeah but i like the idea that there's like this that you play as basically what you've always been killing the other games you know, it's like you're basically like that. You're like a villain that's going against the villains. I thought that was like a cool switcheroo on Resident Evil. Like it's a different direction they've never hmm. done before. You know, it's almost like a if 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 um, what's his name from Blade Runner is a, is a Cylon. You know, it's that same kind of idea of like using Cylons to hunt Cylons. I don't know. I thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, replicant. 
Replicant, or, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, Replicant. Yeah, right. no, I, I thought it, I thought it was pretty neat because it was like, uh, I mean, to to be honest, like it was goofy, but like it it just like allowed for some of like the most insane moments in the game to happen, like. The scene when you're like pulling the lever, Aaron alluded to this earlier, when you're pulling the lever and then Lady Dimitrescu just slices your hand off, like, and then it just reattaches. Like, uh, I thought that plot device allowed for just these insane moments to happen, and uh, I enjoyed that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Why didn't he get his fingers back, though? When his hand got bit off, I was like, wow, that's pretty vicious for like the first, you know, 30 minutes of the game. Yeah. I, I want, but like then you had to look at his his stumpy hand for the rest of the game, and I was like, "Ow!" Which I, I you know was intended effect, but they seem like they were implying with that. My take on that was that they were like that was foreshadowing for the end of the game when he's like basically can't regenerate anymore. Like his hands all fucked all right. up in the very end. It's like crystallized. You know? Have you guys heard the spoiler for this? This this speaking of the end of the game, like people have used photo mode to see who the person that's walking that that uh, okay, so Rose gets in a car at the right. very after post credit sequence and drives away with some like SS SS uh it's not SS Secret Service like kind of guy. Right, right. <laughs> Hopefully not SS. <laughs> and way off in the distance you can see somebody like walking towards the camera and the car drives past it and people have used the photo mode and it's Ethan's model. Ah. Uh. <laughs> that's really kind of cool yeah it's like a little so ghost. like they don't know if it's just like if it's just like a little joke easter egg or if it's meant to be foreshadowing for dlc or what but yeah that's hmm. pretty awesome or if it's just ghost yeah. yeah yeah that is trippy i didn't know about that huh he seems that's, pretty clearly I read dead. about it at two in the morning he seems dead yeah he blew up but it did cut to black so maybe like i don't know it's ambiguous so my but did they use bleach because don't you need bleach to kill mold no, bleach doesn't kill mold. You need but, uh, no antifungal things. Antifungal bleach just dyes the mold white, so you can't really see it anymore. Oh, nice. Did uh, so did I have a question? Didn't Wesker get re- resurrected like at some point in the series? No, no. He he was in lava in RE five and got shot by two rocket launchers at once. And the way that you always kill everything in every Resident Evil game is you shoot a rocket launcher at them. That's 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 like. That's the trope, that's and true. that's they stuck with that ever since. Except for, I think seven and eight maybe didn't didn't do that. But uh, no, game. no, eight. Well, for Heisenberg, you do. For, uh, for that's Village. true. Yeah. Okay, can we just that talk about Heisenberg? Because this is like <laughs> Heisenberg is like the most anime villain of all time. He's like <laughs> yeah. a guy yeah. who's basically super powered Magneto kind of character, and then he he like just turns into a giant like Akira monster, which seems to be much weaker. And slower, <laughs> which I think is perfect. It's like the most like Japanese video game boss kind of thing, right? It's like, I'm going to transform mm. into a huge thing and become, not have any of the powers I've had the whole game. Like, I, that was like perfect. <laughs> and then you get to have the nice right. tank fight with them. And the fucking uh, boulder punching <clears throat> asshole line is just like incredible. Yes. I could not believe that So line. good. I, <laughs> I was really surprised they had that too. In any other game, that would have been super lame. But in this game, like with the tone they hit all the way through mm-hmm. it totally worked for me i was like that. it did yeah if if for <laughs> listeners if you don't know what that means it's from resident evil 5 to when you're fighting wesker in the final battle you res chris you have to punch these huge rock into lava and it's like absurd it's like he's like superman it's like um, the biggest so, jump the shark moment in all of resident evil famously and it's, it's a quick time event too so you have to press a it's actually kind of a hard one if you fail it you die yeah so everyone always hmm. jokes about chris punching rocks now <clears throat> which I'm surprised they acknowledge it was Dude, pretty good. Man. How old is Chris now? Like, it's I don't 40s. understand when this... I, I looked it up. Okay. 
I like calculated look, it. He looks like How? Channing Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I was really glad they like... brought his face back because in RE7, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Redfield? Mm. What? It's not Chris. Right. So they made him look like oh. Chris again. He didn't look like Chris in 7? Mm. No. People, hmm. saw, people didn't think it, was even spo- it wasn't even him. Like It was like some fake person. So. so let me ask you guys a question about 7 because this game was very much about having this like rogues gallery of villains and then you have to take them down one by one and um and they're like big oversized personalities is that how resident evil 7 was no well i guess i I kind of got a nod and a head shake there i'd say so but um village takes a lot more liberty with like the genres like every single Mm. boss is kind of its own genre in village in seven even like homages in, in village Oh like yeah, Domitresk with her three daughters is totally Dracula, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, actually, I think Danny O'Dwyer said this on the Giant Bomb cast. He said like it's like you're playing through the Conjuring cinematic universe, and I was like, that's pretty <laughs> accurate for for Village, I'd say. But uh, mm. but for Seven, it was more like um, yes, they're all like oversized, like you know, villains and stuff. Um, but they're all pretty much anchored in like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre slash like Saw. Uh, genre i'd say hmm. yeah hmm. They, they seem to be in, in seven they're much they're more toned down and in, in eight they're like these larger than life like like horror archetypes right and it's in right. seven they're like family members and but okay seven was like much more of like th- like every level thematically was much closer to the original game like you start like in a house and you go to like a bug area and you fight the bug thing and then you go to like the lab and it's like it's kind of a similar progression whereas this game Felt like it was doing RE4, but like it was like a different. It was like you go to the village and then you go to the castle, right? Which I guess is actually still RE4, village castle, and then RE4 you go to the, the lake. Yeah, actually, this all kind of seems to to go. No, this was the remake of RE4 that basically we're we're gonna get. It felt there were so many moments that felt like like visual homages and just similar to stuff that happened in RE4, but like recontextualized slightly. Um, yeah, and it felt the most. Like I feel like RE4 had to a lesser extent like the oversized villains and like mm-hmm. just the emphasis on combat and just getting those headshots and all that stuff. Yeah, and then you go to the factory, which is kind of like the factory you go in RE4. But in RE4 you fight yeah. soldier enemies in this game you fight the the Garadors, basically. That's what I call so, them. The drill let me guys. ask. Okay, let me ask a question here and you give me your honest answer. Did this game have too many boss fights? No. Um I've heard that criticism. But I actually, like, because circulating on the internet, a lot of people, like, said the boss fights were bad. But I actually enjoyed them. Like, especially mm-hmm. the, the my favorite boss fight in the game was the last one. I thought that was just, like, a really fun boss fight, personally. But um, I don't know. I could see why some people don't like them and that there's too many of them. Because uh, a lot of them are just kind of shoot the weak spot. But um, I, I don't know. I enjoyed them. Yeah. I felt like the game like was really, I, I don't know. I, my ultimate feeling is that if this game was like edited down about a third, like less content, it might've been a stronger game. So some of the boss battles, a lot of them ended up like put you in a very tiny cramped space and have you just kind of shoot this person for five minutes in like with this telescopic field of view. So I kept like bumping into walls and stuff, which I guess is like what they want to give you, you know, it's kind of a new way of making you feel discombobulated like you did with tank controls in Resident Evil 1 but 
oh, I just felt like I, I felt like I just kept getting to boss battle after boss battle, and I was like, why do I have to fight another boss? I like the boss fights. They were like very Resident Evil boss fights. Like they stuck to the formula very strongly. And I guess if you don't like that formula, then maybe it wouldn't work for you. But I do like that formula. I like the like fight the giant thing and then have like the weird tentacle thing come out and you shoot it with the magnum until right. it dies. <laughs> That's um, totally Resident Evil. I, I really liked that last boss fight because of that. To me, that felt like a, like a Souls like boss, like where like you had to memorize her move set and like yeah, really get patterns. it down. That was a really fun boss fight for me, but um, I was yeah. impressed visually by every boss fight. They were all yeah. like, "Wow, these are very well done." The art direction is very, very good here. I was impressed visually by every moment game, of the game. Yeah. I think, like, if the strongest thing this th- this game has going for it is incredible graphics, technology, and design, and art, yeah. art, like, like the art and the technology are just ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah, truly. Sure. Um, yeah, another thing I wanted to say about the game, and I, I talked about this a little bit when we, we had Out of Mana on, but um, one thing that I discovered about the game a, as I replayed it was uh, how amazing the flashbangs are, because you can just like skip entire encounters with those things. Like when I was playing through, the, I never used them. Oh, like if you plan, if you ever replay it for whatever reason, like I would like on hardcore mode, like there would just be moments where I'd be like, I know there's this giant like werewolf that I need to get past, but I have no ammo, but I have four flashbangs. So I'm literally going to stun it and then just run past it through the area. And I thought that was really good. There were, there's actually like entire mini bosses. Like for example, I don't know if you guys did this, but there's a treasure located um, in front of the Beneviento mansion. I don't know if you guys got this. I got, I think all this chest. I, I think I'm not sure, but I got most treasures. Which one are you talking about? So the Beneviento treasure, like it's basically like the headstone and like, you can get that one. Yeah. The way you get to that one is uh, in the uh, graveyard, a little gate opens at some point, like a zombie will go through it and there will be like a little like piece that you put on the headstone and uh, when you go there to do that, a giant ass like mutant guy just drops down with a huge axe and like you can fight him. But and I did that on my first playthrough, but on my second playthrough, I just shot a flashbang at it, quickly got the item and ran away. And that, like that's the kind of Resident Evil stuff that I love stuff where you're, you're like it's linear, but you can be creative with your resources to uh, be successful in the game. I think. Like, yeah, I, I definitely that. agree that like. Um, I definitely wanted to talk about that too. In terms of, especially comparing it to its predecessor, like it has the shop, you can use all these different weapons, you can customize the weapons, you can upgrade them. You can do encounters multiple ways this, this, right. this time. You can run away from encounters. I, I did a lot of running by enemies this, this in this game. Right. Um, and the, the ammo management seems to be just the right amount where you have to use all the different weapons, but they all feel fun and nice. Um, and I also, the enemy design is good. There's a lot of different types of enemies, different attacks, and you kind of start to learn all their different patterns and things um and i particularly like just how bloodborne the uh werewolves felt especially the hammer guy i mean that guy could have been a boss on bloodborne easily or just an enemy (laughs) i like how you get to fight his like infected version at the end yeah it's chris yeah it reminded me of uh the blood-stained beast or whatever like the infected version in bloodborne i was like ah this Mm -hmm. is just like that boss fight (laughs) yeah it was you're right (laughs) um I uh, I just definitely had fun playing the game. Like I I tried to replay seven and I had trouble just because it's just not super fun gameplay. 
Um, but this game, like, mm. I'm definitely replaying it a second time. I like that it has a new game plus mode. You can keep your weapons and upgrade them, and then you can go to the shop and buy more weapons. So if, I felt like there's a lot more replayability, and I also spent some time on Mercenaries, which was really fun. I actually had quite a hmm. bit of fun playing Mercenaries mode. Yeah, Mercenaries mode is, I, I enjoy that. Like, I like, uh, I, I really like, inv- like, upgrading the pistol, especially where it's just, like, firing, like, yes. machine gun, like, bop, 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 yes. bop, bop. Um, it's that thing that you always ask me, Aaron. If this game was just a combat game, would you still play it? And the answer is yes, mm-hmm. I would still play mm-hmm. it because this game has that that option and it's super fun. <laughs> so, yeah. all right, that's that's what Mercenaries is just like waves of enemies kind of thing. Yeah, it's about resource yeah. management too, though. It's like about upgrading your weapons and using the right amount of money to get whatever weapons you want, and then selling off everything else. It's pretty good. But is it a little hordy like? Not really hordy. It's more like kill the enemies and get combo, get combos, kill them quickly. Okay. It's not like a survival um, mode. Record mode. Hmm. Is there boss battles in it? There is. There are, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I'd rather just like, if I'm going to pick up the game again, which I actually might, because I've been planning on doing a fifth playthrough at some point, I'd rather just play through the game again, honestly. But um, but yeah, Mercenaries yeah. is fun. I want to unlock all the special weapons. Yeah. I like that you can get Chris's Dragoon and his other special weapons that he had. Did you guys unlock all the dishes or even the, the rolling more ball or less game? any of the dishes that, that the shop offers you that upgrade your health and stuff? So like you I need sold the oh, fish. Yeah. in the beginning. I did it. Oh, man. I did it. You unlocked all of them? I mean, I guess four playthroughs. I would expect you that you did. Uh, I, Where do you find the perfect meat in the fish? Um. So, the uh, yeah, like... This is one of the okay. This is another like thing that I love about this game. But there are like entire areas and sections that you totally miss if if you're like just kind of pl- playing through the game. Like I almost missed entire areas because uh, there's um, an area. There's like a drawbridge that's um, yeah. right after you leave the castle, and like you need like the little rotating thing to uh, the little axle to move it. And like I totally almost forgot about that because there's actually two areas that opens up and the reason the mm, reason yep. the reason why i f- figured that out is because i was looking at the treasure chest and i'm like how the fuck do you get to lady dimitres treasure chest <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. oh you gotta do the drawbridge so yeah. um this hmm. game is a total metroidvania yeah in that regard and that's that's why i was saying Aaron, you probably would like it more than seven because seven had a little bit of that but not so much where this game has much more exploration than the other game did much more things to find it does but they're very like it has like linear segments that like loop back to the hub of the uh, town, which I did like revisiting the town, which it, it, it accomplished some of that like sense of place that I like. But I, I, there's always, I don't know. There's a I lot guess. of stuff you can unlock in the town. Though. There's like more things to find. Like once you get the well thing, you can find like, you got all the well yeah. stuff. Yeah. You can go. Once you go under the truck and get the, the pistol, I love that puzzle. That was so cool. Hmm. No, I don't think I did that. You get the 1911? Oh, there's this puzzle where you have to... Uh, oh, I got the 1911, yeah. Yeah, you have to like, look through the window with the that numbers. That was great. That, that was, was so cool. And can that, we talk about the bell puzzle? I, the bell puzzle is like my favorite kind of game puzzle. Where oh, it's where, like, you, where you're shooting the bells, yeah. Yeah, but it's like complicated, but not... I mean, it's not, it's not that complicated. It's like relatively straightforward. Right. It's just fun, like a little search thing. The logic is like immediately clear, and then you're just kind of like, where the fuck are all these bells? Yeah. And then you, yeah, that was a pretty good puzzle. I like that. So I feel like the puzzles all around were fun. Oh yeah, that... I think they were easy though. Like, the, I guess my only complaint was that the game leaned more into 
combat than puzzles. I'm actually going to challenge you, Aaron. The fact yeah, that you challenge me. The fact that you missed the drawbridge shows that the puzzles are challenging. No, I saw the drawbridge. <laughs> I lowered it. I went across, and then I started walk. And then I was like, "Wait, am I supposed to go this way or that way?" And then I walked across the other bridge, which leads you, I think, to the point of no return, more or less. And I just forgot to go back. There's a boat I know what you're talking you can about. Take. The boat you can take both directions. I, I got on the boat, started going, then I'm like, wait, am I going the wrong way? Did I already go this way? Um, so I, I, did, I didn't do it, but I, I did notice it. Um, I, I feel like there's yeah, I think like, the puzzles are the perfect uh, challenge, for, in my opinion. I felt like they were like mm. the right, just the right amount of time on, on them. They're like not, like I said, I don't want to spend over five minutes on a puzzle. I don't want to ever Google a puzzle. Hmm. It, it's my personal opinion. So... I'm going to say there's, like, two tiers of exploration and puzzle solving in this game. Like, there's, like, the mandatory stuff that you got to do, which is, like, fairly, like, standard. Like, there are some, like, pretty mm-hmm. easy puzzles. But then there are other puzzles that you have to, like, really look for and really think about. Um, one of my my fav- my favorite aha moment in this entire game where I just felt like a total genius when I figured this out was... Um, there's this treasure chest that's actually by that drawbridge that's in like this little like alcove, um, this little like cavern. And I was like, I don't know what, where the fuck the key is for that, like for that is. So I was looking through my items and I found Luisa's necklace, which I picked up in front of uh, Luisa's house. Right. And I was like, OK, I got Luisa's necklace. I haven't looked at this item yet. I ex- in- inspected it and it said, oh, you can remove the jewel. I removed the jewel. There's a key behind the jewel. And I was like, I'm going to try it on this treasure chest. I tried it. It worked. And I got the treasure. And I felt like the smartest guy in the world. Like, I live for moments like that in Resident Evil. That's, like, what I mm. why I play these games. Yeah. I, I I definitely agree on that. Did you guys play the game in HDR? No. Yeah. I wish I So, <laughs> um, I just want to say the HDR in this game is probably the best implementation I think I've ever seen. Even better than Horizons, which is stunning. When I was in the uh, factory, um, Heisenberg's factory, the HDR in that area is just mind-blowingly good at times. There's areas where it's because I think because it's such a high contrast in that area, it's very dark and light. The the, yeah. the the red lights on the on the things, it was just like this. If you ever want to sell HDR on someone, like this is this is the game. I, I think that was the best implementation of HDR I think I've ever seen. I was just like the whole was, time I was playing it, I was like, if I had shown this to myself when I was ten, I wouldn't ever believe that games could look like this. It was just stunning. yeah. The HDR was great. Uh, I played it also with the ray tracing on, which was, from what I could tell, pretty subtle, but but nice. Uh, it, it, the game looked incredible, and, it, and having it playing at 4K, HDR, all that shit, 60 frames per second, it looked very, very, very good. Uh, here's a question: When you got to like the Heisenberg section in the factory, do you guys feel like that was like? a little lengthy or was it I don't know like that segment felt like it dragged a bit for it's me pro- it's probably my least favorite part of the game was Heisenberg yeah. I think ultimately it just yeah uh, I thought it was uh, it was also my least favorite part but it wasn't a deal breaker in the way the uh, ship section in 7 was do you, do you know what I'm yes. talking about mm-hmm. totally agree yeah the, the, the totally ship the, the, the tanker section of 7 like actually like annoyed me terrible uh, so bad but the Heisenberg section, even though it wasn't my favorite part of the game, it was like decent enough that I enjoyed it. Um, but it I, was never I, a slog. It was never like a slog, like the tanker was. The tanker was like hmm. repetitive, dark yeah. environment, confusing maze. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't. That, that area, I will agree. Like it didn't feel very scary. The enemies were just 
okay, I guess. I think I think that Heisenberg was supposed to be kind of like a Dr. Frankenstein. Those were his Frankenstein's monsters. That was the theme I felt like they were aiming for there. Right. Um, yeah. The, the enemy design, though, was totally the Garador from Resident Evil 4. The guys sure. with the claws, you know? Sure. That's exactly what they, that's what they, what they were. That's what I felt like they were. Totally. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think yeah. That, that, that that's not my favorite part. I, like, the boss fight with the propeller guy was, like, an interesting idea, but I didn't find his design that compelling or the fight to be that amazing. Yeah, I didn't like that boss fight. I felt like I'd also fought so many of those dudes with the things on their arms at that point that I was like, a little boss fight it out and it was sure. it did the whole thing in a sitting so i was like okay let's let's go on i want to fight heisenberg already uh here's a question who does heisenberg sound like where does he get what's that voice he's like hello ethan i can't hello, even do ethan. it but he sounds he like somebody kind of like who weird, does he sound like weird way of talking i don't know yeah well, i feel like his whole aura is just uh troy baker from death stranding is that accurate mm. uh, mm. Like it, just Maybe. like it, just like his aura, like not his voice necessarily, but like uh, he's like Dante, kind of. Yeah, he is like Dante. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he is kind of like Dante, not especially from DMC Five. I'd say. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. I almost wonder if that's what they were going for with him. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I li- I liked Ooh. him as a villain. He was fun. He was. Uh, I mean, he had a lot of like really funny lines. Um, I, really I don't know why Ethan didn't join him. It was like, why not? Yeah, that's a good question. He didn't seem like he was necessarily... He had to be the bad guy. Yeah. I don't know why he had to fight him. It didn't really make any sense, to be honest. Like, Because it seems yeah. like they were teeing him up to be like a good guy. But then Ethan was like, no. And then he was like, last chance. And then... But, but yeah, it was a little bit lazy, but whatever. The whole game is ridiculous. Yeah, the whole game is ridiculous. <laughs> Kevin, what was your favorite segment? Um, hmm, I'm not sure. I'm like thinking back on the whole game. My favorite part of the game. I don't know. I kind of I liked um, Beneviento. I liked the Maru part. I liked probably my favorite part of the game is just was exploring the village itself. Um, yeah, I think yeah. probably just like when you have to go find the uh, the yellow chimney and like that whole thing I was talking about where you get the pistol and all that, just exploring the village and doing all that felt, I don't know, I think it's probably my favorite section is just like the village with the lycanthropes and all that stuff. I like the part when you have to go fight that like super powered lycanthrope when you get the grenade launcher to kill it because mm-hmm. he was kind of like stalking you and you can kill him, you can fight him, but you can't, you, you, ha- you should try and get more powerful weapons to defeat him because he's challenging. Like that, that was a good part. That was a good part. That's probably a fair part. Yeah. Um, I th- I think I think honestly for me my favorite part like was exploring all of like the hidden areas. Like there's like a yeah. there's like a hidden area right after um, the Moreau boss fight where you get a hand cannon, which mm-hmm. I thought was awesome. That was actually one of the parts where I stunned the wolf with the flashbang and ran away from it. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I just liked exploring it. There's, like, a lot of, like, cool hidden stuff. Like, there's literally, like, a mini-boss in front of Luis's house at a certain part of the game that you can fight, which I thought was awesome. And um, But, yeah, in terms of, like, sections, I loved Beneviento. I actually... Re- the castle grew on me on subsequent playthroughs. I didn't love it my first playthrough, but, like, my Same. second playthrough, I really enjoyed it. Um, but 
I like how the the game does the environmental storytelling so well. Like you read, that's a, that's a Resident Evil tradition is the environmental storytelling. Like you like you read the note about like all like the failed subjects for daughters, and right. then you fight them all in the dungeon. That was a cool like idea. I, I like that like when they mm-hmm. implemented that. Um, I also like those puzzles where you shoot the uh, torch and like the end of the thing to light the fire. Oh yeah, did you do that get- one? Yeah, that was uh, one of my, like, that's what I'm talking about. I love, like, how there's, like, a hidden, there's, like, hidden treasures in there. And, like, you need to find the ring, and then you get the eyeball in the crypt. Yeah. Like, that was really good. Um, Yeah, that's why, yeah. It was, like, really, I kind of feel like open world games, I wish more games were designed this way. Like, linear open world, where it's, like, a linear game, like, wide linear, like we talk about. But it was, it has, like, just enough hidden side activities where it it feels open. Because, uh... And it clocks in at like ten to twelve hours. I wish more games did that. It's it's just really nice. But anyway, that's my opinion. I would call it more like a hub world than open world. Sure. Because like it has, it's got a hub, and then like each area is like a spoke that sticks out, and you kind of explore the spoke, and then you come back to the hub, and you go to a different spoke. It, to me, it's totally right. Metroidvania, and like in in, right. in every sense, like it has the hub that you go to where all you all your gather your resources. You get more options for exploration as you get further in the game you get keys you get tools to, to go back and revisit places there's always a reason to go back usually i, I mm-hmm. that's that's the stuff that's fun because it has that you kind of like you know you get familiar with an area but you can go find new stuff Did, which i like right. I felt like the world design I, was strong too yeah i uh, i felt like most for the most part it was pretty strong like i guess my only complaint like like i think of a metroidvania as being a little more interlocking Whereas this is a little more like individual spokes on a bicycle tire that you go out on and come back. Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls 2, yeah. Metroid As opposed Vania. to Dark Souls 1, which I think is like the pinnacle of 3D Metroidvania. For sure, it is. It definitely yeah. is. But uh, uh, I will say, though, like I, I get where you're coming from, Aaron. Um, but like at the same time, like like I think they did so, like they did this so intentionally that it works for me. Where like, like for example, um, to get all of the food in the game and to do like that fish Mm -hmm. recipe there is like a really specific part that you can't skip to get those catfish because if you go Mm. into the next door it initiates a cutscene and you can't go back so it seems like they designed the game in a way where it's like you're going to replay this three or four times you know like and you're going to take into account every beat to get every unlockable so so like it, it isn't like a true Metroidvania, like a Dark Souls, but it is like intentionally designed for replayability in a way that I appreciated. That's cool. I, I wonder how much of my lacking, my ability to not, like, I guess the game didn't ever grab me at any point. There was no, like, if, if I didn't have to beat it for this, it's very likely that I would have just stopped playing it and maybe came back to it later, maybe not. But like, I don't know. I wonder, maybe I would enjoy it more on a replay and I would see more of the, the variety and the sort of breadth that wasn't super apparent to me in my first playthrough. Maybe I played it wrong. Yeah, it does. To me, it felt like there was a lot. Like, if you were a completionist player, like, there's a lot there for you to do. Um, that's That was my takeaway from it. Like, I definitely want to play it again. So, mm. so you remember the Lycan Fort? The you know like when 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 you like right before you go to Heisenberg's castle you have to go through the lichen den. Mm-hmm. Um, my first playthrough, I hated it because I was like I was trying to kill all of them and I was running out of ammo, and it just like wasn't fun and I just hated that section. But on my second play- playthrough, I was like, 
you know what? I'm flashbanging my way through it. And I felt like a god. Like, I was just, like, skipping around these, like, lichens and just, like, flashbanging them. And it was, like, to, and, like, placing landmines to clear, like, a path. Like, it was, to me, it, that that's kind of why I love replaying these games. Because you kind of master the mechanics in a way that's, like, really fun. For sure. Mm. The weapons felt much more weighty and fun. Like, I like how when you blast lichens out with the sniper or the shotgun, they, like, fly back. Yeah. Like it just <laughs> if and the way their heads explode, it's just very Resident Evil 4 in that regard. Yeah. Very satisfying. Yeah. Or like when you upgrade your pistol so much that like it has it's like rapid fire and you just unload like five bullets into a guy in like less than two seconds, just like bah, 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 bah. like I love that. Yeah. I do I <laughs> think yeah, the that, pistol unlocks really nicely. Yeah, the pistol felt great. The weapons in general felt really nice. Um, I really like the balance between sniper, shotgun, pistol, and occasionally magnum. Like, there's that Resident Evil has that specific Resident Evil style of like all the weapons have a specific role. Like the pistol, for some reason, the magnum's more powerful than a sniper rifle. I don't know. It's Resident Evil. That's how it always is. Um, <laughs> right. But like you, the, I always love the uh, Resident Evil pistol. There's this weight to it and the timing of it that it's like it's your main weapon, but it it still feels fun to use, even though it's the weakest weapon. That other games I think don't do in this game. I think they they completely nailed it with this with with that. So yeah. I applaud them on that. I, I like sometimes it sets up like like with the magnum. I like how the magnum doesn't have a lot of ammo in the game. So like when you find one magnum bullet, it, it's like oh can't waste this. You know. Yeah, and you know that you, when you you'll need it when you like when you ha- need to use it, you you can use it. It's like it's that oh shit moment. You know. Yeah, like for that tough <laughs> boss fight or that tough like mini boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did yeah. you guys find? Well, I guess this is more a question for Kevin. Did you find uh, the, the 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 hidden puzzle in the well? Um, in the well. There, which which which? It, when you go back in your boat to uh, like that one save point, there's a well next to it, and if you uh, if you turn the wheel, it unlocks a puzzle. I don't think I did. I'm not sure. I definitely uh, found the um, the secret um, air, final area of the game where, where, where when you place Chris as Ethan, where you can go below and find all the mold. I found that. I did not find that. I cannot believe it. I did you not find, find that. What are you even talking about? There's no. an area where you can see where Chris has been working, and like, he finds the mold. But, but you can find it as Ethan before you oh, go there. Oh, I did find that place. I did find that yeah. place. Hmm. There's all the tendrils and stuff. That was really cool. Hmm. Yeah, there's that like- kind of. That was implies neat. that Chris isn't bad. Like that was kind of like, oh, was I awesome. was expecting Chris to die in this game. I was certain he was going to be the villain. <laughs> they definitely did not do that. I also want to make mention of there's the there's a specific note that you're when it's this long note to um, who's the final boss's name again? Um, uh, well, lady, lady. Uh, it's like starts with an M. Mm. It's like Miriam or Mariah or something. Whatever her name is. Anyways, yeah. you're talking about from Spencer. There's a note from Spencer, and I yeah. was reading it yeah. before it even said it was from Spencer. I was like, "This is from Spencer. <clears throat> who who else could this be?" I thought that was a very nice mm. little nod, and they even had the origin of the umbrella logo. That was a pretty cool like thing. I thought they, that they did. And there was a nice throwback to the franchise, which I, I definitely appreciate. It's it's kind of interesting because uh, I think this game, uh, and apparently not like based on conversations I've seen from other critics, a lot of people disagree with this, but. I thought uh, this game more gracefully uh, integrated the Resident Evil lore more so than Seven, because uh, with Definitely. Seven, with Seven, like it felt random to me. Like I was playing like this game, 
and you're fighting the uh, Baker family, and like it felt like a like a self-contained story. And then at the end, they're like, "Oh wait, umbrella!" And they like shove all this umbrella at like exposition at you, and it felt really just not graceful at all. But this one, it felt it like they were dropping hints throughout the narrative in a way that made it more rewarding for me personally. Yeah, I totally agree. Like it felt totally much more on what I think Resident Evil, especially. In the end, when Chris was like, they were like, look, the BSA has been sending in BOWs. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just such oh, an absurd, yeah. like, holy shit, what the hell is going on here? This is so ridiculous in the best possible way moment. Um, I definitely appreciate it like that. But I, I agree. The whole game was building into that much better. And I also felt like it tied into RE7 very well. Like, you didn't have to play RE7 to enjoy the game, but, like, right. it explained mm. a lot of RE7, and it felt like, the two were much more connected, um, and like it made me appreciate yeah. RE Seven's story more because that wasn't explained. Whole, you know, Ethan's whole situation wasn't explained, and it makes much more sense now. I also wonder on that note if the next Resident Evil game that they make inevitably, or Resident Evil Nine or whatever they make, will it be a new style game? Because it felt like these two games were like a specific thing that they were doing. Now I'm curious if they're going to do something else next time or not. Hmm. Well, they did. It sounds like it might be third person or something like that because, and the the key reason why I think that is because you see uh, the daughter's face, like mm, like true. they they made a point of not showing Ethan Winter's face because, like again, the whole philosophy was like projecting yourself into that character. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was that's that's what I think. Hmm. I'd be cool with that. Like if they, if personally, like I'm, I'd be, I'd go back to third person. That'd be my preference. So, I like the first person thing. Like I think if it was just like a like an era of Resident Evil, like that would be cool. I'd prefer to go back to third personally, even though I yeah. think they did a good job in this game with it. I think I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot that they haven't done with first person, um, and I think that first person benefits the series as a whole. Like I, I don't know what the benefit of third person over first person is. What do you think? I think I think it's just uh, that the characters are so iconic, you know. Yeah, like, like yeah, play, playing as Leon, playing as Chris, you know. <laughs> it's just such a different experience. I mean, it's a different game. Um, third person always feels less clunky. First person feels very yeah. clunky. Um, I think the field of view in this game was suffocating. It's probably my least favorite part of the whole game. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> it, sure. they, they, unfortunately, you can mod it if you're on PC, so it can be changed. But it definitely was pretty brutal. Um, I felt like I was definitely yeah. ooh, ooh, a lot. Um, and when I'm playing a first-person game that feels so slow, it definitely just makes it feel clunkier. And, like, it's not... I just don't like slow first-person games. I'm not, I don't enjoy that. So I'd rather have it be third-person. It felt... I'd prefer, like, again, like I said, fixed camera angles or something of that nature and make a hybrid between that. And, I mean, mm. Resident Evil 2 Remake, I thought, was one of the scariest games they've made in a long time. And that was a third-person game, right? So... So here's a question, mm-hmm. right? Shoot, then. Given that that my 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 criticisms of this game are a little too way too much emphasis on set pieces uh not as much exploration as i would like but maybe maybe i missed out on some of that and more too much emphasis on the story and the bosses will resident evil 2 remake be more up my alley is it more like that old school okay so that's that's the game 
that maybe I need to play. You should play it. I've been saying it. it's like it's masterclass. It's, it's sitting on my Xbox, just waiting for me to play it. Oh, you'll so, enjoy it. I think you'll like it. Uh, maybe yeah. you won't like it. Maybe you will be like, this isn't scary at all. But maybe you don't know. Try it. It's good. I mean, I don't think these games are scary, but like they're they're moody and atmospheric and fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, Resident Evil Two remakes just fun. I think. Like, I think I. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. There was something really. That's another game that was just really satisfying to replay it a lot and just yeah. master it. Um, I played that game three times right off the bat. Yeah, I played it's it. Fun. Played it's fun. Mechanically, I think that's like my one of my favorites. Resident Evil's. It's just good. One of my favorite games in all. All right. Or I yeah. wanted to ask you though before we leave, where does Village stack? We got a big franchise here. Big, a big, huge franchise. Where would you stack it on the list if you had to list your? You don't have to list all of them, but your top three, or top four. Uh, it's really hard for me to like list them because of like recency bias. But like the ones that like True. I got really attached to, like the most, and I re- like replay a lot are like my top four are the first Resident Evil remake, Resident Evil Two remake, uh, Resident Evil Village, and Resident Evil Four in no particular order. But um, my but by instinct, like. Two remake and village are kind of neck and neck for me. I really just enjoyed them in different ways. Yeah, I think I'm like trying to think about it. Like, where would I put it for me? For me, I think my favorite is the original remake, and then maybe four, and then maybe the second remake, and then maybe after that, I'm like, I don't know, maybe this game, maybe I don't know, maybe the original Resident Evil Two actually. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Village would yeah. make my top. Maybe Village would make my top four. But I did like it. It was a good game. I definitely like enjoyed it. I think it was like um, compared to Seven, a step more in my direction for for the franchise. So I like. I definitely hmm. applaud them. Like I think it's it's good. It was, it was yeah, so, hmm. yeah, definitely same, better than Seven. Same for me. Um, yeah, I like. Yeah, I like. So for for me, I guess sometimes like it depends on like replayability what's where the ones that I just yes. enjoy replaying the most. And the four are Resident Evil Remake, Four, Two Remake. And Village, those are the ones that like I always feel like I gotta play it. Like seven, I didn't replay. Three remake, I didn't replay. Um, oh, I five, didn't I didn't five. Replay. I replayed five so many times. Okay, so Man, maybe co-op. five maybe. is so replayable. But because of the co-op, in single player as well, I I maxed oh, out really? every gun of that game. Yeah, that game's so fun. It's just so that game has hmm. some. The, I think the game has the most in-depth mechanics of all of them. Still, it does. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I believe it, that. It's Interesting. racist, though. It's racist. Maybe insensitive more than racist, but sure. like, like not fully considered. Yeah. Um, yeah. Huh. I, for me, I'm just like all about those old school RE games. So I would, I would put like remake, Resident Evil One, Resident Evil, Evil Two. Yeah. Uh, like what Resident Evil One, not even the remake, is a fucking incredible game. game. Resident yeah, Evil yeah. Two, I replayed two years ago, and that was like beginning to end an amazing experience. I don't know if I love the Resident Evil Four forks like that school of thought. Like I, I like it, I, I appreciate it, but it's not, it's not what I want. And it kind of, I don't know. I guess for some reason it like doesn't. I have a difficult time getting invested in these games. I felt the same way about Five, and some of the other games. So I don't know. So I'm gonna say something kind of controversial right now. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Resident Evil Four is my favorite Hideo Kojima style. Metal Gear Solid game because <laughs> yeah. like, like it just has an action adventure experience like a cast of villains that are fun and mm-hmm. like like it was 
even at the time, like it was my favorite Metal Gear Solid. Like it wasn't a stealth game, but like just kind of like in terms of how the narrative functions, like it, it is kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought that at the time, you even have the sort of codec conversation of the yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's clear that Resident Evil had an, a. I mean, I'm sorry, Metal Gear Solid Two had a big influence on that game. Yeah, Leon, the president's daughter's been kidnapped by a group of terrorists. Yeah. It's yeah. great. It's great. Yeah, I, I, I never love even Resident made Evil that 4. analog, but you're totally right. <laughs> you know the part in uh, Resident Evil Village where I said that, like the moment when Chris Redfield shows up and like you play as him, that was my yeah. oh shit moment of that game. Like that was a cool uh, twist. I like that. Yeah, just like that whole sequence was like I cannot believe they're doing this, but like uh, Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. In Resident Evil Four, that moment was when uh, the guy in the chopper comes down and he starts mowing down all of the zombies. Do you remember that part? Yes. Like that was just like what the fuck? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Mike, his name is Mike. Yeah, and then he dies. Leon's like Mike. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I kind of like that's like a thing about these Resident Evil games that I feel like isn't like really uh, talked about as much. But like sometimes like the way they gear shift the tone and just introduce like a different tone can be so masterful sometimes. And, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Oh, uh, before we before we tune out, I got to ask one last thing. I got to just interrupt. Um, what is what was the hardest part of this game for you? Playing it playing it oh shit oh. such a douchey douche answer <laughs> sorry i know i I, uh, I the game wasn't that challenging though i died like four times in the whole game so i didn't think it was that, i played it on the normal difficulty but like i did have some challenge like coming back to it but that's me i'm like i think i'm a big time outlier here i had so this is probably also a douchey answer i had frame rate issues and i was fighting the daughters and ever their b attack would happen my game is would stutter like horribly <laughs> and I would oftentimes <laughs> die because of that like technical issue um but probably yeah I think when did I die I definitely died okay I got gotcha. you I played the game on hard initially and the the lycanthrope attack in the beginning of the game I died probably 30 times Oh not yeah, okay. That you. part was ridiculous. Probably died third time on hard mode. It was like it did not seem like it was even possible to do. So that was definitely. Yeah, I was gonna say like psychologically, the hardest part of the game was Beneviento, but in terms of gameplay mechanics, the uh, yeah. the first Lycan Village was just like really holy they were... shit. I feel <laughs> there's no signposting, and it's a timed event, right? Yeah, it wasn't clear. Like... You know what that was supposed to be? It was supposed to be the like Leon barricades himself in the place and then the chainsaw shit chainsaw appears and they yeah yeah that's what they're going for it was sure. it was that sequence i think should have probably been play tested a little bit more because i was agree just, it was just like a little too it's not even clear what you have to do but like what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to be in that first house get the shotgun go to the second house barricade the door go up the ladder yeah. And then just like run around until a cutscene initiates. But like the first time I played that sequence, I was like, "Oh, you have to kill everyone," and there's just like no indication that that's yeah. not what you're supposed to do. But yeah, yeah. I agree. that was the hardest part for sure. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Anyway, sorry to well, cut you off, Aaron. Go ahead. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're wrapping up here. Uh, it's that that was a long podcast, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed Resident Evil Village. Uh, beautiful game. 
and uh, apparently very replayable. So maybe I'll try to replay it and see if I if my my feeling changes. I, I wish. I guess the thing is when I asked you guys earlier, like, what do you think my uh, feelings were? I didn't hate it, but like, I definitely didn't like it as much as I had hoped. And maybe there was a lot of hype, and I, I caught on just slightly late. But yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely liked it. I think they did a good job. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, bye-bye.